This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Wednesday, September 14th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. Texas came oh so close to beating Alabama last weekend, but even though they lost, I think it was a big step forward for the Longhorns as a program. And to me, it showed that Steve Sarkeesian has this program trending in the right direction. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm going to assume that our guest for today echoes that same sentiment. I'm happy to be joined by the former host of this great podcast, Texas alum and someone who's actually in attendance on Saturday, Trey Scott. Trey, thanks so much for coming on. So do you agree that even though the Longhorns came out on the losing end, the way they played and how close the game was, it was a pretty big step forward in Texas's quest to finally be back. Yeah, Lance, I finally recovered from my trip back to Austin where it felt like 120 degrees. I agree with that. This was, they don't really do moral wins, moral victories down in Austin. This felt like one. The fans stayed after the game and applauded the the players instead of leaving early and beating the crowd because it was a record crowd there, 105,000. I will say this, despite how anyone wants to feel about the long-term ramifications uh, of this game, and, and we could talk about Quinn Ewers and how he looks like he's arrived. I will say, though, Texas is on high alert this weekend against UTSA, and then we'll, we'll again be on high alert the next week at Texas Tech. So it's a fragile moment for the Longhorns, who looked so close to not only you know, to, to, to beating Alabama, right? So just so inches, close, right? Trey, inches, just man, in, inches. inches away. So you have that, and everyone feels good, and Texas fans are basking in the national pats on the back. It's, it's been a while, but no one's going to care about any of that if they go out and lose next week into UTSA, which they could because this is a good UTSA team. It opened at Texas favored by 14. It's down to Texas favored by 11. Hudson Card, the starting quarterback, the backup who you saw last week, he'll be the starter. Maybe if he's healthy, his ankle's in a tough situation. Texas could be starting a third stringer against UTSA. So all of this goes out the window if Texas can't execute the next few weeks. Yeah, it's really a shame because, you know, Texas did come so close to shocking the college football world. And, you know, an injury here, injury there shows how much it could really affect the rest of the season. So I asked you on because, you know, I wanted to have sort of a what's next for Texas discussion. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, you brought it up. The quarterbacks moving forward play a big role in what is next for the Longhorns. Mm -hmm. So Quinn Ewers, for those who don't know, left the game and is out for the near future with actually a sternoclavicular sprain. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I tried my best. Hudson Card also has a high ankle sprain, according to Horns. 24-7. He didn't take any practice reps on Monday. So that leaves freshman oh. 
Charles that's new, Wright. That's news to me. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Horns 24-7, uh, for that uh for that bit of information. He didn't take any practice reps on Monday. So that leaves redshirt freshman Charles Wright and walk-on Cole Lord as the two quarterbacks that are currently healthy. Wright would presumably start Sunday against UTSA if Card can't go. So before we look long term, tell me what your level of nervousness is in regards to this Saturday's game with what seems like the possibility that Texas will have Charles Wright starting because you know you said it, they're on high alert. UTSA is really good, Trey. They're really good. They took yeah, Houston down really on the good. wire, lost in overtime, and then and then beat a good army team. They're they're good. This isn't a you know a Wagner like Rutgers played last week there where they'll beat them sixty to seven regardless of who's playing. This is a good UTSA team. Yeah, this is the week where Texas wishes it was the uh, the Rice game. They're not playing Rice this year. Their in-state foe that they swapped probably did this in the schedule seven years ago when UTSA was horrible. UTSA is now good. One over ten games last year. This is this is big time danger zone. Charles Wright, Austin kid, but was a transitional quarterback. Take Lance, one of those. Okay, we've got you know he was a late guy former Iowa State commit. They didn't think, I, I don't think they thought that highly of him a year ago because he was third on, the, or he was um, actually behind uh, another walk-on on the depth chart, which is rare for a scholarship quarterback to be that way. You would like to see Malik Murphy, the 2022 signee, but he's not healthy right now. So it would be Charles Wright in a backup. And then let me posit a guess that you would see a lot of Roshan Johnson in the Wildcat. National college football fans, I think at this point, know who Roshan Johnson is, but he was a former high school quarterback. It, this would be Sark just stringing together a few wins um, with, with, with duct tape and pine straw because this is not the roster that you want headed into a tough game versus UTSA. And then and then Big 12 Conference play at Texas Tech. And then Texas plays West Virginia. And then it's Oklahoma. So you hope, if you're a Texas fan, that Quinn Ewers is ready for the Oklahoma game. And then you also hope, if, if you're a Texas fan, that Hudson Card is ready for this weekend's game. The Quinn Ewers injury, not just because it cost Texas the game against Bama, but because it co- might cost Texas the rest of the, regu- of the regular season, which I could win the Big 12, is, is seriously unfortunate because he looks like the guy, the real deal. He was, yeah. He looks like the real deal. If if he's healthy, come October eight, Texas beats Oklahoma and then probably wins the Big Twelve. If he's not healthy, Texas will have a chance. But Hudson Card will need to not only be healthy, but and, and also play better. I'm I, I'm not the biggest Card guy. I, I appreciate the toughness that he plays with, but he he seems a little bit limited still. So I think I think for Texas to realize its goal of winning the Big Twelve title. It needs when you were back fast. Yeah, no, yeah, you got to appreciate Hudson Card if you're a Texas fan. I think, that, I mean, the guy could have transferred when Quinn Ewers came in. I mean, let, let's, you know, he, sure. he's he's hung tough. Uh, he's gone through a couple of years of, of quarterback competition. So I give Hudson Card the credit. I'm obviously, who knows if Quinn Ewers stays healthy in that Alabama game when it ends up happening? Uh, but what do you mean? Who knows? Say that again. It's not a who knows. At Texas, uh, probably goes on a win. I think it, I think Alabama fans would admit that too. Yeah, most likely, most likely. I mean, yeah. uh, the Longhorns put up a valiant fight for sure. But with what happened on Saturday, right? Obviously, the result, sure. the injuries accumulated, everything that was involved with it. How do you think? And again, you don't cover Texas on a daily basis. I no. uh, you obviously went there. Uh, you're a fan of the program, obviously. How do your expectations change for the rest of this year? And I guess, look, it's a tough question to answer because you don't know what's going to happen with Card and yours um, until he gets back, and if Card can even play this week. Uh, but how do the results and, and effects of the Alabama game? impact what fans think this team can do the rest of 2022 all right i'm gonna say something nuts and this might not be totally rational maybe i'm saying it because we're on youtube now i don't know uh some part of me believes this i think if quinn ewers there's two caveats here hudson card needs to be healthy this weekend and then quinn ewers needs to be back by oklahoma i think texas 
call it bold takes exposed if you want to. I think Texas will have a shot at cracking the college football, crashing the college football playoff if Quinn Ewers comes back by early October. That's if Hudson Card is healthy. That's if Hudson Card is healthy. And if Quinn Ewers gets healthy, these are two massive, massive hurdles, right? But if those Huge. guys are healthy, if Quinn Ewers especially is healthy, Texas will have a shot at the college football playoff, I believe, because I'm looking at the rest of the Big 12. Oklahoma has not impressed me yet. They struggled with Kent State the first half of last week. Baylor is going to have a down year, and Texas gets that game in, in Austin. Oklahoma State at, at Oklahoma State in Stillwater will be the toughest game on the schedule, but Texas is more talented and won in 2020 in Stillwater. Even if Texas loses the Big 12 game, maybe to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, and then avenges it in December in the Big 12 title game, a two-loss Texas team with one of those losses being a one-point loss to Alabama, and then maybe the other loss coming without Quinn Ewers, I think that gets in over a one-loss ACC champ and a one-loss USC, uh, one-loss Pac-12 champ. I really, I really do. I like it. No, um, I, I appreciate yeah. you looking far ahead. I, I, I like it. I, I, I think some may disagree, but uh, everyone's, everyone's going to disagree. But yeah. whoa, here's, here's what I'm saying, Lance. This is not going to happen. But the mm-hmm. fact that what Texas fans saw on Saturday can even allow the mind to go there, yeah. After years of missed bowls and Alamo bowls. That speaks to what Steve Sarkeesian has quickly built and to how good Quinn Ewers might be. No, no, well, you're laughing. No, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm, laugh, I'm laughing at the, the Miss Bowls and Alamo Bowls. But what I do think uh, it does, what I do think it does for fan expectations, though, Trey, is I think, and I know Texas fans, you know, they want to win now. They don't want to look towards the future. You know, this was a team that, that, based on what we saw in, let's say, the first half of that Alabama game with Quinn Ewers in, a team that definitely, if Ewers was healthy, probably would have beaten Alabama and very well could have ran the table the rest of this year. But what this does, and I think what Texas fans should look forward to, is next year in 2023, assuming Ewers is obviously healthy, man, this team could be really, really, really good. And I think at least next season, the expectations have to be college football playoff. Would you disagree? No, um, I don't know what's going to happen with joining the SEC early. I think it still sounds like Texas will be in the Big 12 in 2023. Next year's quarterback room is Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning and and Charles Wright and, and, and Malik Murphy if neither of those guys transfer. I think Arch is going to look amazing in this offense. I think though what Quinn Ewers did on Saturday shows that Lance, even if they said he's not coming back for the rest of the season, and let's say Hudson Card wins 10, 10 games for him and Arch Manning comes in hot in the spring, the job will still be Quinn Ewers, no, no matter what. I, I think I think Sark realizes that this is my guy for right now. Quinn Ewers will be a, a top five Heisman candidate next year. Um, if he comes back and plays well this year, Texas will be a preseason top. I can't believe I'm saying this top five team, maybe. With a road date with a road date at Alabama yeah. that will be breaking in a new quarterback but won't have Will Anderson. And, and look, let's say this about Alabama. That was not its best performance. No. I know that. If Alabama had brought its A game, Texas would have lost, even if Quinn Ewers was healthy. That was a highly penalized Alabama team. Sloppy, no outside threat at receiver. They were clearly bothered by the crowd noise. And Texas fans listening, they're surprised that their crowd noise would bother anybody because the reputation has never been to have a loud stadium. But maybe playing SEC teams instead of Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State it and brings West that Virginia. Juice. It brings that juice. It, it, it changes things. So I, I think Texas fans are thrilled with the, with a long term trajectory. I think they are though a little bit worried about the next few weeks. But it, it, look, playoff. I don't know. I, I think it's cool though that Texas fans could actually think about that because it's it's never been a realistic possibility since since um, especially even w- well before the playoff era began. Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best the Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. 
was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. If Texas, over the next two weeks with UTSA and Texas Tech, let's say, hypothetically, Hudson Card does not play this week. Obviously, Quinn Ewers is going to play this week. They're going with Charles Wright as the starting quarterback. If they lose these next two games, fall to one and three, and let's say they finish, I don't know, six and six, seven and five, eight and four the rest of the year. Obviously, that's a step forward than what they did last year at five and seven, but obviously not far enough of a step forward for what Texas fans think they could have been if Quinn Ewers was healthy. Sure. Do, do Texas fans cut Steve Sarkeesian some slack because of what has happened in this Alabama game, knowing that, hey, if we're healthy, the season could have ended up like this, but because of what happened, the season's now ending like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think Texas fans will even be surprised if they if they lost this weekend with Charles Wright starting. I hope Charles Wright's listening to this and then he's getting pissed off and I'm, I'm saying it, right? If Card's out and if Ewers is out for a while and Texas loses a few games, that would be a bummer because this season could clearly be somewhat special. But if, if, if they take some L's, I think we all saw the proof of concept on Saturday, Lance. Uh, this is a, a quality program, bringing in the right recruits, starting left tackle Kelvin Banks held his own own against Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. Everyone's really excited about him. The defense played out of its mind. I doubt we see the defense play that well again, because I think they had three months for Gary Patterson, the, the new analyst, to help build a game plan. So I, I think everyone's excited about it. And, and because of that, uh, because of, realistically, we saw the playbook got at least cut in half with Ewers out. So if you take Card out, it's the B. John Robinson show, and he's not even fully healthy. He admitted this week he's got a shoulder injury, but he's going to play Saturday. Yeah, definitely uh, uh, some obstacles that Texas has to overcome. Uh, so, Trey, last one on this one. I, I want, no, I want, to, I want to ask you a question, then you can ask yes. me your last question. Okay, go ahead. Like, what, what was – Texas fans love to know that people across the country up in New Jersey were, were happy to see them, them playing well, um, happy to see them pushing Alabama – do you think that was mostly a product of people wanting to see Alabama struggle? Or do you think the rest of college football could seriously be that excited about Texas maybe being back? I think it's more, and I'm being honest, I think it's more people just want to see Alabama struggle. I think people are yeah. tired of Alabama winning. Uh, and this yeah. is not, you know, I, I could care less about Alabama winning, frankly. It doesn't really matter to me whether they win or lose. They don't play Rutgers, so who cares? Uh, but I I think it's just more people are tired of seeing Alabama uh, win year after year after year. And even when they don't win national titles, they're playing in national titles. So I think that's more of it because I think people got excited with Texas leading Alabama late saying, oh, Alabama is going to lose one in the regular season. If Georgia can knock them off in the SEC title game, then Alabama's not even going to make the playoff for the first time in so long. Now, if Alabama runs the table in the regular season, it's not even going to matter who wins the SEC title game because they're both going to go in just like right. it was last year. Uh, so, or, well, I guess Alabama ended up winning the SEC title last year and they ended up getting in both of them and Georgia. But my point is, had Alabama lost and then ended up losing later in the season to Georgia in the SEC title game, you would have had a case of having a two-loss Alabama out instead of being in the playoff for the, you know, for the first time in forever. So I think people were more, I think people like to see, to see Texas win sort of, you know, I think people kind of feel bad for For Texas in a way for now. I think people kind of feel bad for Texas in a sense nationally, but I think at least last week it was more people wanting to see Alabama lose more than it was people wanting to see Texas win. I'm just being honest, you know, I, I, and for me, I was just hoping for a good game. I was able to catch some of it, wasn't able to catch a lot of it, but 
I think that's what it was. I think Alabama will lose in the regular season. I hope not. I took the over on them in terms of wins. Whatever it was, I think it was like 10 and a half. They're, so, they're just not. I just don't think they're going to be the team that pounds people like they were two years ago. I just, I, I can see well, Ar- I mean, Arkansas. We got to see what happens with Tyler Harrell when he comes back from injury receiver wise. Because right now their offensive weapons outside of Jameer Gibbs, who I would think. Thank God they got Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I would assume he's probably going to lead them in receiving by the end of the season. I mean, and as a running back, they they are lacking significantly. From what they had last year and the years before at receiver, they are lacking Lacking big time. I don't know what they've done. Yeah. I know JoJo Earl is, is hurt, but they are lacking receiver wise. And they shouldn't be because they've recruited so well at receiver. But yeah, I, I think they'll, I, I think, I think regardless of what happened on Saturday, we're still going to be having a two loss Bama playoff conversation this year. But I think yeah. that's, that's if a fun awesome. conversation. And it means that there's other contenders like a USC, yeah. maybe someone else steps Absolutely. up in the ACC, maybe the Big Ten gets two teams in. I can see that being a possibility. So I think this is good for college football. Mm-hmm. Whatever, everything that happened on Saturday is good for college football. One of the national powers is rising back up. Alabama looks vulnerable. Notre Dame loses, which means that if you're a, t- a fan of any team in any conference, the Fighting Irish are not going to come, you know, not, I'm yep. not saying steal, but Notre Dame's out. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's out. Notre Dame's out, right. So I think like USC fans are like, whoa, this could happen. Yep. Oklahoma State's like, whoa, we could do this. NC State. Maybe they lose to Clemson, but get get redemption somehow. I picked I don't know. NC so, State. I picked NC State to make the playoff. That's maybe you're right. Clemson, yeah, maybe you're right because Clemson doesn't look very good right now. So I think college football is in a really good state this year, uh, going into a fun back half of September because I think truly anything could happen. I'm excited to see Georgia. I know you got a preview episode on Wednesday, but I'm excited to see Georgia at South Carolina. That's a big spread. Yeah, um, to South Carolina, pull a Texas, and then keep it close to maybe a quarter. Yeah, hey, Rutgers going to be three and zero. Hopefully, they Stop. beat Temple. Then they got Iowa. Maybe they're four and zero. Maybe we're talking some Rutgers Scarlet Knights football in the college football playoff trade. Never say never. But I do want to get to one more question with you. And you kind of mentioned it before. You mentioned the offensive line and how they were able to hold their own against Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. I think that's a big piece in the puzzle, obviously for Texas, for any program it is, the offensive and defensive lines being able to really assert their dominance. So with that being said, and the way they played this Saturday, do you think Texas is ahead of schedule in this rebuild? Because usually it takes offensive linemen, especially young offensive linemen, time to develop a couple of years, but they played well on Saturday. And I think if they can continue to progress at the rate they are, while playing, I, I think Texas, like we said earlier, 2023 college football playoff, that is very realistic if the offensive line and defensive lines can keep holding their own. Yeah, they're definitely ahead of schedule. I'm surprised that Texas would even have gotten two freshmen able to play as, as starters in week one, but there's two guys on the line who are starting already. Kelvin Banks, the left tackle, is a five-star recruit. I, I truly think he looks like a future first-round pick. Texas has not uh, had a first-round lineman drafted in... I think it's since Justin Blaylock in like 2006. So it's it maybe 07. So it's it's been a really, really long time. They're ahead of schedule. The the rest of the 22 line class, I think probably there's three true freshmen starting by by the end of the year. Next year, Texas loses B. John Robinson, but has a ton of, ton of running backs. And I think running back is a very replaceable position. Okay. So yeah, so I, I love that you are ending this with the offensive line question, giving the fans what they want, Lance. But that is a big part of the success that Texas uh, is going to depend on uh, is the offensive line. I think, look, generally, Texas is ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think fans need to be steeled for the possibility that the next few weeks don't go well. 
Yeah, which is Look, tough. That's a, that's, I, that's a, of course that's a, of a course. tough thing to have to say after losing Alabama it, by one. It's, a, it's, it's unfortunately a harsh reality when the results of the Alabama game not only they don't matter, loss, but obviously include injuries. Uh, so and they don't matter. It, they, that 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 L that's an L on your final schedule, Lance. That that it, okay. it's it's a perception W, but it's an L. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the host or the former host, I should say, of the College Football Daily, Trey Scott. Trey, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You know that, you know, I wish your Longhorns the best of luck this weekend against UTSA. I know you wish my Scarlet Knights the best of luck this weekend against Temple. I always appreciate you. I always appreciate having you on the show. Uh, Thanks for doing this. Let's do it again sometime. I don't have to just talk Texas. I can, I have multiple tools in my toolbox, not a one trick pony, but let's, let's do it again soon. So can I bring you on next time to riff about Gavin Wimsat and uh, Evan Simon and the Rutgers QB battle? No. I want to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. I feel like hey, hey, week four, week four, week four, Rutgers, Iowa, primetime Saturday night in Piscataway. We're getting tickets. You're coming, New Jersey. Let's do it. (laughs) So for Trey Scott, I am Lance Kidd. Man, we always have a fun time. I'm Lance Lynn. We have a special bonus episode coming out tomorrow, so don't miss that, as well as our week three preview episode on Friday. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.